Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 5. Today we're talking about the glory of the Lord. We've been talking about His glory uh, now uh, this, this, this year. We declare our, our scripture for the year is Exodus thirty three eighteen. Can you declare it with me today? I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Amen. That is what we're declaring this year. As Moses cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, if you don't go, I'm not going. Come on, let's begin to declare this year, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm not going to do it alone. That's the good thing about serving the Lord. You don't have to do it alone. He promised you, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Even though sometimes we don't feel him, he's always there. Amen? Amen. We're so honored that you're here today, and we welcome any guests. We're so happy that you're here with us, and we just want you to know at the Lord's house, you are loved. You are special. Amen. We thank God for your life, and we just welcome you today. So in First Quran, Second Chronicles chapter number 5, and uh, we're, we're going to read, I'm going to read quite a bit, but I'm going to read a little bit, and we'll stop, and we're going to talk about this story, and uh, we're just going to see what the Lord will say to us today. Can I get a big amen? Amen. Let's start out reading. Uh, well, let me find my glasses. Here they are on the floor. There we go. Now we can read. Second Chronicles chapter number 5. Let's begin reading in verse number 1. Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. Everybody say finished. Don't you like it when you finish something? Anybody have any projects you started in 2018 that you didn't get finished? <laughs> I got some of you got projects from the 80s you hadn't finished. It's good to finish something. And Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated. And the silver and the gold and all the instruments he put, put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel. I want to stop right here for just a moment. Now, let's just talk a little bit uh, about this story. I want to just give you a little bit of background, a little bit of back feel. So, so here the children of Israel come out of Egypt. And as they came out of Egypt, God began to do some great works. And God wanted, His desire all the time was to minister to His people, be amongst His people, to talk to His people. Well, you know the story. The people got scared of God. And they, basically, they told Moses, you go talk to God. You go talk to God and you come tell him, tell us what he said. That, is, that was never God's plan. God wanted to come down and just talk to everybody. He wanted to just minister. He wanted to live among them. Just like he created Adam and Eve. And every day he would come down in the cool of the day and walk with them and talk with them and fellowship with them. God created us to have fellowship with himself. And so here... Moses now has gone before God and the people said, you, you, you do the work and uh, you come tell us what he said. And so God began to set things up and he, God began to give them a plan. And God gave them the plan for the tabernacle. The tabernacle was simply, they, they all lived in tents. They were all in the wilderness and they were traveling. And as they went, God said, I'll go with you. And so they built a tabernacle. It was walled all the way around, had one door. How many knows Jesus is the way? 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to the Father. There was only one way to get in. And so you came in, and there was an open court. There, there was the brazen altar where they offered the sacrifices. And then there was the laver where the priests would wash and clean themselves. And then they would go into the holy place. The holy place was where the priest could go and minister. It had the table of showbread. It had the, the, the candlestick. And it had the altar of incense. But then there was the holies of holies. It's where God lived. And behind this veil... They built an ark. It was a box. You can read all the dimensions. It wasn't just huge, but it was a nice size box. And it was covered in gold. It made out of it made, it made out of pure gold. And then it was covered by a mercy seat. And then it had two cherubims that were beat out of solid gold. And it was created in one on each side. And their wings stretched out and touched one another in the middle. And the glory of God came and dwelt right there. Once a year only, the high priest would go in. He would go through every kind of ritual of cleansing. They even put bells around his robe, tied a rope on his foot. Because if everything wasn't right, if he went in mad at his wife, he dropped dead. Some of y'all might have dropped dead at the door this morning. I don't know. I hope not. Aren't you glad we're under grace? Under mercy? And so once they did all the ceremonial cleansing and they killed the sacrifice and they took the blood and they would go and they would offer, they would take and offer the incense. The incense would go up into the holy place and then then the priest would go in and take the blood. He would put it on the four corners of the altar. He would place it on the mercy seat where the presence of God dwelt, which covered the law. The the Ten Commandments that Moses received on the tablets were in the tabernacle. Aren't you glad mercy covers the law? (laughs) Otherwise, none of us would survive. But it's the blood of Jesus that covers all the broken law. The presence of God. And then he would do his duty. And then he would slip right back out. And God would have mercy on the people for another year. And then the priests would go through their regular rituals. People would come bring sacrifices. They would go all through their rituals. And they did this all through the wilderness. But the desire always for the people was to have their own place. How many want your own place? I have two kids. 22 and 26. I'm believing the Lord for them to get their own place. (laughs) There's no rush. I told them they could stay as long as they wanted to, but they need to start paying some bills. Everybody wants their own place. the, The whole people of Israel lived in tents. They traveled from place to place. When the cloud would move, they would move. When it stopped, they stopped. And they always had a desire, one day we'll have a place. One day we will stop and we'll dwell and we'll have a house. And this will be our city and we can have a house for God. 
Isn't it amazing how everybody wants to have their own house, but nobody thinks about God much anymore? Where does God live? Well, it happened. God raised David up. David, did. he conquered so many enemies. They had a place. They settled down. People built houses. David built a house. And everybody had a place to live. But where did God live? He still lived in a tent. And David had a desire. David said, Lord, I want to build you a house. Lord, I want you to have a place. I have a palace. I have a place. Everyone has a place. But you're still living in a tent. And God, David had a desire. And David began to draw up plans. And David began to create instruments. And David began to get, gather gold and all the things. Uh, and the instruments for the, ta- the tabernacle. But God spoke and said, David... I'm not going to let you build it. Don't you know that was a heartbreaking conversation? A lot of different reasons. One of the reasons, he was a man of war. He said, there's blood on your hands. He said, but you know what, David? I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let your son. I'm going to raise up a man out of your own loins. I'm going to raise somebody up, and he's going to build me a house. And so David had the plans. David had everything set in order. And then came Solomon along. And God put the same desire in Solomon that he put in David. And Solomon said, you know what? My daddy wanted to build a house. I've got a beautiful house. I've got a palace. But God's still living in a tent. And that just ain't right. And Solomon began to build God a house. He began to build a beautiful temple. And it was unbelievable. It was amazing. And everything was in order. And he began to set it in order. And he be- everything was beautiful. And there was gold. And it was unbelievable. The, 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 the beauty of it was, was unforeseen. And no, nobody had ever seen anything. It was amazing. But it was still just a place. You see, there was a time when the tabernacle was even stolen. There was a time that it wasn't even in the holy place. Yet, they still went about their ritual the same way. Can you imagine going through the ritual, offering the sacrifice, offering the incense, yet there's no God there? God's presence wasn't there. They were offering sacrifice and incense for nothing. There's so many churches today that people come in and the worship is in vain because God's not there. We don't want... It's not just a building. It's not just a tabernacle. It's not just a temple. I mean, what makes it church is the glory of the Lord is there. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. If He dwells in you, He's here today. You brought Him with you. Solomon said, I want God. It's not fair that I live in a nice house and he lives in a tent. And so he built him a beautiful temple. But that's all it was. And then he began to set stuff in order. How many knows everything needs to be in order? That's what this 21 days of prayer and fasting about is about getting our temple in order. It's about getting things cleaned out so that the Holy Spirit can come. It's about getting God, giving God a place to live. Because we get so busy and so caught up in everything else. Everything else has a place. But where's God's place? 
we got workplace and we got family space and we got hobby space and we got TV time and we got this time and that time and we got all these different rooms and we got a room, you know, for this and we got a room to eat in and a room to cook in and a room to watch TV in and a room to sleep in. But where's God's room? Where does God live? This is the time that we, we search our heart and we get God a place. And we say, Lord, we, we want to dedicate this place to you. And so Solomon, he got everything in order. He said that everything that his father had dedicated, the silver, the gold, the instruments. I'm going to tell you, it was amazing. It, it was awesome that David had done so much work. I know Solomon was very grateful. I know how he feels. I stand here today and preach in a temple, in a tabernacle, in a church that my mom and dad envisioned when it was nothing but grass here. They dreamed it. They dared. They built the had got the plans. They started the work. Amen. They began to build. And now today we're able to stand here and worship and continue what they started. What are your children? What are your children's children? What are they going to continue on? When you give God a place, amen, they'll give God a place. So Solomon put together everything his dad had brought and he put it in and he got it all ready. But there it was, beautiful tabernacle, the gold, the silver, all the instruments, everything was in place. But it was still just a house. But then... The Bible says in verse 2, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel, the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers, the children of Israel, unto Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is in Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in a feast, which was in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. Now the Levites were the tribe of priests. There was one tribe, and all that tribe were the priests. They're the ones that did all the, they were the preachers. And they did the work of the ministry. And so the elders came together and the Levites. And they took up the ark. And they brought up the ark and the tabernacle of the congregation. And all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. These did the priests and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him. Before the ark sacrificed sheep and oxen. Which could not be told nor numbered for the multitude. Think about it. First of all, he gathered all the leaders. Fathers, you're the leaders of your house. Some of you mothers, you're the leaders of your house. Some, some, there's a single parent family. You're the leader of your house, mother or father. And it's up to you, amen, to assemble, amen, to get yourself in line, to get in order. He said he gathered all the leaders, all the captains, all the chiefs, all the the men of Israel. And he gathered them all and got the leadership in order. How many would say the leadership of our nation's not quite in order? Do you know how? I don't know if you've read much history, if you're very well at history. But you know how they used to settle differences? The Republicans and the Democrats would have a debate and they couldn't figure out what to do. And they would leave and they would walk down the street to a church and they would get on their knees and they would pray and they would have a prayer meeting and then they would go back and come up with an answer. 
But you try to suggest that today. They'd laugh you out of Washington. That's where our countries come from. That's what we were founded on. Amen. That God used to have a place. I was there. We were there. We went in the chapel where all the officials can go in. We were there with Louis Gorman, and we prayed over him, and we prayed over some of the other leaders. There is a chapel. There is a place that they can go and pray. I just don't know how many of them use it. I think some more of them need to. But you know what? He gathered all the leaders together. It didn't matter what they, what tribe, all the tribes came together. And they all were in one mind, in one accord. They were all in unity about what we're going to do. We are getting a place for God to dwell. We've got to be in unity as a church body. Amen. We are here on a Sunday for one purpose. It's not to see one another. It's not to hear who's leading worship. It's not to see your friends. It's not to see what I'm going to say. It is to experience the glory of the Lord. Well, they got all together and that's what they did. And as they came up, They were offering sacrifices. I'm going to tell you something. You won't get the glory of God without a sacrifice. You can't come into the presence of God. Amen. When they came in, the very first thing you come to is the brazen altar. That's where you offer a sacrifice. It's the brazen altar where the blood runs down. It's where the, the sacrifice is burned. It's where the coals and the embers end up at the bottom. They take the coals from the brazen altar into the holy place and put on the altar of incense. And then they put the incense on it and the heat causes the incense to rise up and go into the presence of God. Can I tell you, if there's no sacrifice, there's going to be no praise. What happens when you put incense On a cold altar. Nothing. Guess what? We've got plug-ins around here. By their self, they don't put off an odor until you plug it to the power. (laughs) When electricity comes in, when power comes, when fire comes, when it heats up, it expels an aroma. If there's no fire... If there's no sacrifice, there's going to be no fire. If there's no fire, there's going to be no incense. If there's no incense going before you in the presence of God, the Bible says the incense is the praise and the prayers of His saints. If we don't have anything rising up before God, you better not go. You need something going before you into the presence of God. They offered sacrifice. And then, and the priest brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord into the place, to the oracle of the house, into the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim covered the ark and the staves thereof above. Now the staves were the sticks that slid in, because if you touched the ark, you'd die. They found that out one time when they were going to move the ark. They decided they want another time they're going to go get it. And they didn't research. One generation didn't know how the other generation done it because mom and daddy didn't teach them. 
And they said, we're just going to go get God. And they went down there and put God in a cart. In an F-150. And said, we'll just carry it. We'll just drive into the house. And as they were going, the cart rocked. And somebody put their hand out and touched it and dropped dead. Fear fell on all of them. They stopped right there. They put they stopped and put the ark over in Obed Edom's house. And then they went back and said, What did we do wrong? And they found out that only the priest, only the Levites were supposed to carry the ark. Amen. The ark of God was to be upon the shoulders of the priest. And those staves, those sticks, amen, would slide in both sides. And they would put it on their shoulder. Come on. You're not going to have any glory without carrying some weight. I just want to put it in the trunk. I just want it to be easy. Come on, there's nothing easy. We've got to work for it. Maybe we've got to sanctify ourselves and pray and dedicate. The priest had to go through sanctification. Amen, they couldn't just come in any old way. They figured out how to do it, and they did it right the next time, and it was okay. There's a right way, and there's a wrong way. Don't you want to do things the right way? And so, the priest... Bear the ark on their shoulders with the staves. They brought it into the holy place. They put it in place. I like this. And they drew out the staves of the ark. That the end of the staves were seen from the ark before the oracle. But they were not seen without. And they're there unto this day. What, what, what does that mean? Come on. Listen, God had been living in a tent. God had been moving place to place. The staves had been in place. And every day, they didn't know when they were going to move it, but it moved here and it moved there and it moved there. But now, they were able to take the staves out because God's not moving anymore. Amen. He's come to stay. Can I ask you today, are the staves in your place? Have you, have you said, well, God, I'll, yeah, I'm going to move you in and out. I'm going to move you here and there. Sometime I'll let you stay and sometime I'm... Or have you moved them? Have you taken them out and said, Lord, we're here to stay. You're here for good. We're not going to, we're not on and off. Come on, I'm in this thing till Jesus comes. I'm here until He takes me out. I'm ready. I'm not going to be in and on and off and on and hot and cold. Come on, you can take the sticks out, Lord, because I'm not moving you anywhere. I'm moving you in to stay. Amen? It's dangerous when I don't have notes to preach by because I don't know when to quit. What time is it? We're doing good. We're doing good. I just know what's in my heart. Let's preach it. So, they drew out the staves. And uh, verse number 10. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein in Horeb. We already talked about that. The, co- the covenant was in there. The law is the commandments covered by the mercy of God. Verse 11, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. For all, everybody say all. All the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. There was a lot of priests. The whole tribe of Levi were the priests. And they worked by course. Whether it was a week, a month, a quarter, they rotated. Can you imagine the, the amount of sacrifices one priest would talk about burnout? 
I mean, you get tired of killing. You're about to see how many they offered just this week. And uh, the priests would get tired, and, so, and they would be away from home, and they had to stay there. And they had to keep the, the candles running day and night, and they had to keep the oil, and they had to keep the fire burning. And so there was a rotation. You were on so long, and then you had so, so long off. But today, all the priests were on duty. And they were all sanctified. Each time, each one came their time of duty, they had to go through the cleansing And then the one that got chosen by Lot to go into the holy place once a year, he really had to go through some ceremonial cleansing. But today, they're all sanctified. They're all ready. They're all prepared. Come on, church, it's time that we all get ready. Can I get an amen? We are the royal priesthood. We are a holy people. We are peculiar. Not weird, peculiar. There's a big difference. Don't be odd for God. We're in this world. We're not of this world. But God wants us to be a light. But we are kings and priests unto God. And it's time to sanctify ourselves and get ready to bear the burden. To get ready to usher in the presence of God. Sister Sirleia at prayer meeting last night said as she was praying this week. And the Lord really spoke to her and encouraged her and said as a toll, the church, we need to repent. Repentance will usher in. The glory of God. So I declare to you this week of prayer and fasting. Let's let it be a week of repentance. Just as the priest, before they went and carried that ark, they spent time searching themselves for any spot, any blemish. You see, the labor, I don't have time to preach this, but let me just tell you. Can I tell you without preaching? I'll try. How many of those ladies like to see themselves? Only one hand went up. Can I tell you? And la- listen, and ladies have a right to. They're so beautiful. We, we, we like to look at y'all too. But we like y'all to look in the mirror and fix the flaws. Now, the, 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 the laver was made out of women's looking glass. It was basically high-polished brass. So reflective and shiny that they could see themselves. So the priest, when they offered the sacrifice on the brazen altar, what do you think they got on them? Let's name it. Blood. What else? Sweat, maybe... What were they, what were they, it was fire, it was burning, right? Anybody ever burn a fire? What do you get on you? Soot, ashes. I mean, you can, do, you can be so careful. And you go look in the mirror, you got a big old black smudge on your nose. Like, how did I get that? But guess what? After they did their sacrifice, before they went into the presence of God, they looked into the laver to see themselves. The Bible says that the labor is like the Word of God. The Word of God is a mirror. We look in it and it'll show us ourselves. It'll show us when we're acting ugly. It'll show us when we're talking ugly. It'll show us when... I saw a thing on Facebook this week. It said, if you're fasting and cussing, if you're fasting and committing adultery or fornication, if you're fasting and lying, 
you do better just to eat. Amen? It's not doing a lot of good. So, so many times the reason is because we haven't seen ourselves. So the priest would go to that looking glass, they would go to that laver, and they would look in it, they would see their reflection, and they would go, ooh, there, there's some blood. Oh, there, there's some smut. And they would get themselves presentable. And they would get everything washed off. Come on, this week, let's get in the Word of God. Let's get in prayer. Let's see ourselves. Let's go, ooh, that's a bad attitude. That's a bad thought. That's a bad word. That's a bad habit. That i got to fix that. I've got to wash myself in the blood of Jesus. I've got to offer a sacrifice of praise. I've got to get myself presentable. Amen. To come into the presence of God. Amen. Come on, this week, let it be a week of repentance. Get in the looking glass. Get it to the labor. Wash yourself. And let's repent. Let's search our heart. Let's repent for our families. Let's repent for our nation. Let's repent for our church. Let's get everything covered by the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. Amen? So let's search our hearts. Let's repent this week and get ready like the priest did. Verse number 12. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, Asaph, Hermon, Heman, Judith, Judithan, and their sons and their brethren, be it arrayed in white linen. Now these were all the worshipers. This was the choir. This was the musicians. They were all arrayed in white linen having cymbals and psalteries and harps. They stood at the east end of the altar and with them 120 priests sounding the trumpets. That was a worship service right there. We just sang. It sounded so beautiful as we were just... I could hear voices all over singing, You are holy... Oh, so holy you are, holy Lord of all. Oh, it sounded so beautiful. Can you imagine this day? Everything was in order. The temple was built. The gold, the silver, the instruments, the plate, the offerings, everything. A, a, a huge altar had been built. Sacrifices had been prepared. They were on the altar. Everything was there. It looked like a good church service. It sounded like a good church service. But if they had left then, nobody would have been changed. If they'd have left at that moment, they'd have said, well, that was a good time. Woo! Man, wasn't that some good speeches? Wasn't that a good parade? Man, did you see them bring that ark? Man, wasn't that great? Man, did you hear those guys singing? Weren't they beautiful? If they'd have left right there, they'd have missed the point. But as everything was set in order, as the people were sanctified, as everything was prepared, as the singers began to sing, as the worshipers began to worship, as the trumpets began to play, as the harps began to play, as they began to magnify and glorify God. It says, and it came even to pass as the trumpeteers and the singers were as one and make one sound be heard in praising and thanking the Lord that when they lifted up their voice, 
voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music. And they praise the Lord saying. What do you say when you praise the Lord? Lord, thank you. We praise like this a lot. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my good stuff. Thank you for my good job. Thank you for my money. Thank, Huh? That's not how they were praising. Here's what they were saying. For the Lord is good. For He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. For the Lord is good. For His mercy endureth. Can you say it with me? For the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. As they were singing, as they were playing, as they were worshiping, as they begin to say the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. It sounded just like amen, when we were saying it all, He is holy, holy, holy. Look what happened. And then, when, somebody tell me when, and then, when was then? Then was when everything was prepared. Then was when everybody had done their part. You see, we, wait, we want God to do His part, and then we'll do our part. That's not the way it works. God said, you do your part, I'll do my part. You prepare me a house, you get everything in order, you do things right, you sanctify yourself, you come into my presence with singing, you magnify me, you worship me, and then, the Bible says, then, everybody say then. The house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. So that the priest could not stand to minister. By reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Now they're having church. Now God's present. Now things can happen. Now people can change. Now here's what's going to happen. Chapter 6, I'm not going to read it. Go home read chapter 6. It's Solomon's prayer. Oh Lord, if we do this, you do this. If we do this, you do this. Lord, we dedicate, we sanctify. He went all of that. And then the Bible said, the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifice. God started the fire. They built the altar. They worshiped. They sang. They praised. They did everything. But then the glory of God showed up. Then fire from heaven. A real purifying fire fell on the sacrifice. And consumed it. And then. Chapter 7. I just want to read two verses. Now, when Solomon made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice 
And the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. Everybody say it with me. The glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. We are the Lord's house. We're not the only Lord's house. We're not the only church today asking for God's glory. We're not the only people that love God and are serving God. Amen. We're joined by millions all over the world that are praying and seeking God and fasting and believing for an outpouring. But we're just one. But we are the Lord's house. And everybody's welcome. And when you come in, we don't want you to just experience a a good song or a handshake or a smiling face. I want you to get all of that. I don't want you just to hear something good and encouraging. But I want you to experience the presence of God that will change your life. That's what we want. The glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. You see, my mom and dad said over in the swing when this was nothing but grass and the Lord spoke to them, Isaiah 2.2. And the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established and all nations shall flow into it. Look around. Why do we have 14, 16 nations represented in the Lord's house? It wasn't by accident. You're not here today by accident. You're here by design. Before there was even a here, God said all nations will flow into my house and we'll all worship together. And the Lord's house is going to look like heaven. It's going to be made up of every nation and every tongue and every tribe and every color and every man, woman, boy and girl. And we're going to all worship and experience the glory of God. By design. But we got to do our part. We can't just be a building. We've got to do our part to sanctify ourselves. We've got to do our part as leaders, amen, to get in and bear the load. We've got to do our leader job as priests to bear the ark. We've got to sanctify ourselves and come together. And you've got to do your part to praise and to worship and to come in ready to receive. And then together, as we worship the Lord, the glory of the Lord will fill the Lord's house. Amen. Does anybody want to know the Lord's response to all of this? Because all of this has been what everybody else did, what everybody else said. But God did have something to say. So if you want to hear it, I'll I'll, I'll read you God's response. This is found in verse number 12. Going to go into a very, very popular scripture that we all know. But verse number 12. uh, Let me read verse number 11. Then Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house he prosperously effected. I mean, he he, he built a magnificent house of the Lord. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself For a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven. That there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. 
or if I send pestilence among the people. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Most of you all know it by heart. We declare it all the time. But it was God who said it in response to what all we've been talking about today. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be opened and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. He went on to say a lot more. You can read it later. He went on to tell Solomon, Solomon, if you'll keep doing right, that I'll keep doing right. But if you don't, I won't. And you know the end of that story. Solomon didn't and he had some trouble. He got a little sidetracked. But right now, his whole sole purpose was to build a house for God. And God declared... I've chosen this house. I'll accept my place. I take my place. And if you'll do this, if you'll pray, if you'll confess, if you'll seek me, I'll hear you from heaven and I'll pour out my blessings upon you. I love this part right here. This is the part I want to declare to the Lord's house today for our house. We're believing the glory of the Lord to come this year. But this is what I'm praying and believing for you this year in this house. Verse number 15. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer made in this place. Do you want God to hear your prayers, to see your needs, to love on you, to bless you, to prosper you in this house. If you do, come on, just jump to your feet. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. He is here. We've done our part. We've built the house. You've come to the house. You've worshipped. And now it's time, amen, to lift up our voice, to lift up our hearts, to dedicate ourselves, to sanctify ourselves. To the, the, the week of repentance needs to start right now. This is the moment. If you are not in right relationship with God, if you were to die today and you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven, don't leave this building without asking Jesus to come into your life. Unless asking Him to forgive you of your sins because His ears are open. His eyes are open. He sees you today. He knows you today. He loves you today. He died on a cross for you. He rose from the dead. He is at the right hand of the Father praying for you today. And He is coming back to get us soon. Are you ready? In church, it's time that we all search our hearts. Repent of our little attitudes, our, our little piddly differences. Don't let the climate of the world, don't let politics, don't, don't let anything divide. Listen, we're in the kingdom of heaven. We're a sojourner, we're pilgrims, we're just passing through. Oh, we're going to do our part. We're going to be good citizens, we're going to pray, we're going to vote, we're going to do all the things that we need to do. For righteousness sake. But when it comes down to it. We are the body of Christ. And we're not going to let anything distract us or divide us. Because we have a purpose. And that is to get heaven to come down. As it is in heaven. Let it be here on earth. 
We need the glory of the Lord to come down. And the only way it's going to come is when we make Him a place. Is there room in your heart for Jesus today? Does God have a place today to worship? Does God have a place to live? Have you just moved God? Is God still uh, portable in your life? Or have you moved Him in to stay?